Mark Silva, the Airbag Silver Bag, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast. Hey, this is Lewis Spears, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast. Not to be confused with the DMT Podcast, which is just about drugs. This one's better. This is Melvin's on KS from Digital, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast. This is Josh, the Act Shooter, and you can check out myself on the lovely DMT Podcast. See you on the flip side. Hey, this is the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. This is the DNT Podcast, taking you to the extreme. Episode 13 of the DNT podcast. My name is Gavin. No, I'm Jesse. Nice little uh, show last night, Hardcore Fallout at uh, Outback Championship Wrestling. But uh, before we get into that, I think we should have a chat about it because we have the one and only Bass here, the voice of OCW. Unlucky 13. Unlucky 13. <laughs> Unlucky 13. <laughs> yes. So get right into it because you have the best best seat. Yeah. The show there. Um, sitting in the corner. No, I thought it was a pretty good show. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I work for the company, but yeah. um, I think it would have been nice to see more people there. Though, like, it's always um, hard when you go from a big like a house of hardcore where there was a thousand or twelve hundred people there. Um, you hope that some of them will come back, but you can sort of understand that maybe people won't because you know there's no Tommy Dreamers or Carlitos or yeah. any of those yeah. guys. So, you know, but I think the crowd we had there were loud. And I think, you know, as long as they're there, they're making noise, whether it's 150 people or, you know, 500 people or 1,000 people. Um, you know, because that's the, the for the guys in the ring, you want to see them be able to, you know, for the sacrifice they're putting their bodies on the line, taking all the bumps and whatever. Um, and especially like in the main, you know, thumbtacks oh, and, and uh, lot of sacrifice chairs and, you know, crazy um, stuff that they did. At least people can walk away. Those 150 people or whatever it was can walk away and tell their friends, you know, shit, you guys missed a fucking great show. Next, you know, next time there's one, come down. There was this, there was that, you know, and hopefully it just grows from there. So yeah, exactly. And it's what a good. What do you guys think, you as fans? I want to interview you. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I'll just take over. Yeah, no. <laughs> Overall, really good show. Yeah, you know, it's it's like you said, it's always hard going off a super show or a house mm. of hardcore. You know, fair amount of people showed up. Made a lot of noise, great matches. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's always great matches with these local guys. Yeah. But people don't understand that. Look, it's a good roster. And, and I think that's a testament because the guys work other places as well, other like bigger um, companies. So, you know, when you've got those guys and, you know, like you in the main, you had Mad Dog and Cletus, you know, 15 year veterans, each of them just about. Mm. Uh, Mad Dog, definitely 15. I think Cletus just under that. So when you've got that level of experience in the ring, you're guaranteed to see something that um, is pretty special. That's it. And then you've got these, I wouldn't say newer guys, but you've got mm. uh, Adam yeah, and Adam's Sid. Like, yeah, well, six years. Uh, I don't know how long Sid's been around because I know he was in New South Wales before yeah. he was here. Around um, six years. Around six uh, years. Yeah. Like yeah. But look, I mean, Sid, I mean, everyone just raves about his work. And I mean, his match with Adam last night and, of course, at House of Hardcore. I thought it was match of the night at House of Hardcore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Savage Steamboat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, it. very good analogy. Um, no, and and that's uh, awesome. I think Adam's stuff is just you know, I mean, he was great even before he went to the states, but just now he's doing a lot of little things um, that I've noticed, and and hopefully the fans are seeing that um, you know he sort of stepped it up to that next gear, and he's a guy that um, you know, like you just find some guys try and take shortcuts, or they'll go overseas and come back and say, oh well, you know, I've learnt this style of wrestling. They didn't really do anything, and yes, that style of wrestling might be a bit different. But there's sort of going there and just absorbing it, or going there and absorbing it and getting experience and bringing that experience back and showing what you've learnt. And I've sort of seen that with Adam, whereas some other guys who've gone overseas, Not I don't so know, much. you just kind of don't see it. Mm. It's kind of like, okay, well, I've done that, ticked off the bucket list, I went to wherever. I don't want to say because I don't want people to like <laughs> join dots. <laughs> they may, <laughs> yeah. may not do that, but. Um, you know, like, if you're going to do it, do it properly. And I think Brooks has done that. Like, you know, he's um, been over... I think that was his second trip, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, um, I think to so, the yeah. States, yeah. So, um, he's had a lot of support, which obviously helps. Like, you know, um, Matt Silver, who's over there, is um, Buddy Murphy. 
Um, I know like he talks to um, Brooks a lot and he's tried to help him as well. So mm. when you've got that support, I mean, Matt can't, you know, click his finger and get him in WWE because that's not the way it works. Obviously, yeah. it's a long, hard road. Um, but if Adam can do, you know, that and some other little things, I think it puts him ahead of some other guys who, um, you know, and maybe like I know JXT's over in the States. Hopefully that works out for him because he's, you know, um, he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like he's, you know, trying to grind it out and do something good. So hopefully he comes back and is able to do something and, and um, continue with whatever he wants to do. Be interesting to see when he comes back, I guess. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Will his style have changed? Because I think if, if you go and come back and your style doesn't change, I don't know, is it a wasted thing maybe? What, what have you learned? Yeah, exactly. Like, like show us, you know, you've gone to the Holy Grail, which is the US. Obviously, it's the biggest market, yeah. the biggest company. Um, so, yeah, show us what you've learned. He's working in OVW, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, over the next I couple think um, Olivier has hooked up some stuff for him. So that's, you know, that's what you've got to do. Network with people. I know Brooks had, um, I think Kevin Keenan hooked up some stuff for him. Mm. Um, so when you're over there, you network and, and um, you know, for people who are going to do this stuff, just network, get your name out there and, but bring back some of that and show the fans that, you know, shit, this, you know, he's done this. I can tell his facial expressions have gotten better or he's a lot crisper in the ring or stuff mm. slowed down. He's not trying to do 600 moves in a match where you don't need to do 600 moves. Yeah. yeah. Other people can learn from it as well in the yeah. roster as well. So that's a positive. I mean, too. something, uh, when we spoke to Mark Silver just after yeah. House of Hardcore, great thing he brought up is all the other matches uh, lead into the main event. So there's no need for the first match to go out and do the 600 moves every move because yeah. what's the point in the main event? No, so that's, that, that's, that's a good thing. You know, these guys... There has to be a slow build, I think, with any... Sh and match placement's important as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't mean that the guys who aren't like uh, Sid and, and Brooks can't steal the show, being second or third match, whatever they were at the House of Hardcore show, but uh, as long as, you know, the guys aren't sort of selfish, doing it in a selfish way, mm. like taking big spots from guys, or if you know there's a table spot, say, coming in the main, you don't then go out and do three table spots in your match just because, you know, to be a dick, basically, so... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, let's move on um, onto our topics that we got here. Yeah, uh, want to know how did you get into MC work? Um, what mm. what inspired you to get into that? Um, it's a lot of little things that kind of happened. So, my background, if you want, is in community radio. So I was lucky in the school I went to many okay. years ago, many decades ago, or two decades <laughs> ago. Um, they had yeah. the radio station at the school, so I got involved in that. Um, through that, I got involved in, I think it was Rowan, uh, Rowan Herbstreet, who now works for WWE, doing marketing and promotional for them. Yep. Uh, he was running All-Star Wrestling at Crown. Ah, yes. Our radio show at the time was um, going from a music show to a wrestling show because I thought that was a good niche because everyone can do Top 40 and if you want Top 40, you can listen to Kiss or Fox or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, community radio can't do it better than the big guys, you know what I mean? So yeah, they've got the big budgets and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you do that bullshit Top 40 that everyone's doing and no one <laughs> listens to your show and you're like, well, you know, what am I doing wrong? Because you don't want to waste your time, you know what I mean? If you're absolutely. sitting in the studio doing two hours every week. So... At the time, um, which would have been 2001, Jesus going back, um, or 2002, uh, we did a pro wrestling show. Rowan left some tickets um, for All Star Wrestling. We then did some pre-show stuff like live to air, and it was very primitive back then. We had like a 10 meter phone cable. There was none of this, you know, streaming through <laughs> iPhones. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even iPhones. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty primitive sort of setup. Um, back to the, so we had to have a guy back at the studio panelling for us and then he'd sort of give us a countdown as to when, you know, there'd be music in between and interviews with some of the wrestlers that were on. Um, so I did that in 0102. Um, the wrestling show continued into 02 but finished up not long after that and then PWA had started. So I'd done some stuff actually with PCW as well after All Star Wrestling finished. Um, so had some dealings with Ken early on there. Um then uh, PWA started, which was a lot of the ex-PCW guys. Um, and a lot of the PCW guys back then would drive. So Daniel Beaumont actually would drive like Cremator, Stephen James, uh, Rave, Trent um, down to the... And they'd be on the show. They'd co-host with yeah. us because we were on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, and then when they did the breakaway from uh, PCW... Um, someone else uh, contacted me and said, oh, you know, these guys are starting up. Maybe give Henry or whoever a call. And um, 
it was basically from that. It was 2004 and pretty much from 04 till now, it's been pretty constant with just little breaks in between. So yeah. Awesome. That's good. Uh, bringing up PCW, you mm. worked there for how many years was it? Because uh, I would have been a kid when you were still announcing there. Not announcing, uh, commentating, live commentating. Yeah, so we did that from 2010. So the stuff I did in 02 with them wasn't anything. It was just radio stuff. So stuff yeah. to do with the radio station. So they'd have me backstage and I'd do like post-match interviews or again back then um, uh, with a phone. There was like a sports show on that radio station on a Friday night. And I mm-hmm. remember PCW one time in... O two was running at Essendon where MCW run now, that Ukrainian hall. Ah, yes. So I remember driving to there, um, calling the sports show that was on the radio station in Melton with live like post-match interviews with some of the guys from that PCW show. So um, then PCW kind of, you know, had some issues and then they went away for a bit. And then uh, 2010, I joined them, late 2010, and worked for them till early uh, 2014. Yes. As far as we know, uh, it's an no-holds-barred podcast, so you had a bit of a falling out, unfortunately, <laughs> with him. Falling out with everybody. <laughs> yeah, because... Those um, are the people I hate. So if you're listening, your name <laughs> you is hate. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say hate. Um, so PCW... Um, it didn't work on a professional level. No, look, I, I enjoyed my time at PCW because they gave their guys a lot of latitude to do whatever they needed to do. It wasn't overproduced. Some shows were great. Some mm-hmm. shows were less than great. Um, but I think they kind of had the balance right in that stuff could happen organically on that show without someone overseeing this segment and then that person does A, B, C and D so the next person can do E, F, G and so on and so yeah. forth. Um, what happened? I don't know. Um, there was a, some issues where uh, I was doing a lot of boxing shows at the time. Um, boxing shows pay a lot better than wrestling shows. Like to give you an example, in 2013, I did 18 wrestling shows and seven boxing shows. The seven boxing shows more than doubled the 18 wrestling shows I did oh that wow. year. Jesus. So You guaranteed people at a boxing show than a wrestling show. Though, that so as well. And it's a lot more slick and professional when you go to the boxing. Like you turn up, here's your money straight away before the show starts. Do you need food? Do you need this? What do you need? You tell us what you want and we'll get it to you. Whereas That's fantastic. it's almost like with the wrestling you're fucking lucky to even have a, a job for that shitty money that they pay you. <laughs> you know, that barely covered your petrol. But yeah, yeah. Um, so there were some issues there where I'd always had a good relationship with Ken where I'd say, look, if I have a boxing show come up and sometimes they would come up at short notice and PCW had a show, I'd have to take the boxing show because it's 10 times the money and a tenth of the work. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, um I don't know, maybe with Rowdy and a few others, when they kind of got involved, um, that became a problem for them. I'm not sure. Um, they came up with this angle where they like fired the commentators in February, I think 2014. Those also, yeah, yeah um, a couple of clashes also with MCW, and I would do the MCW shows over PCW. So maybe they didn't like that. And look, I get that. Um, but on my side, if you're listening, Rowdy or whoever, I have no issue, like, I don't know, 100% what happened. I'm kind of hypothesizing. Um, but look, if anyone has any issues with, like, you know, I'm pretty easily contactable. So whoever, whether it's a rowdy or whatever people I have or haven't worked for, if you've got an issue, you know, let me know. But otherwise... Um, I'm not sure if they'll listen to this because they're not the biggest fans of Jesse and myself either. <laughs> <down there. laughs> they're not the biggest fans of anything that doesn't involve PCW. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, well, either way, that's just how it is when it, it comes is. to that sort of thing. But look, I, I enjoyed their shows. I enjoyed their shows. I thought Steve like was pretty professional in the way he tried to run the shows. And yeah, absolutely. I think what they're doing now is testament to that. They've got that um, Southeastern Centre, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, I think they've poured a stack of money into that. So good luck to them, you know. The guys, they've got a lot of young guys who back then were rookies who are now main eventing shows. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, so I guess you can't fault them even if, you know, and and it's not being a prick about it. Like I like to give credit where it's due. And I think for them to have done that, that's that's pretty awesome. And to give those kids a shot, you know, they're not kids anymore, but they're, they're on those main shows against internationals or whatever. 
more power to them. So. Absolutely. And you I, wouldn't want, I was going to say, you wouldn't want to come across as a bitter old veteran either. No, so. of course not. <laughs> no, Don't no, no, be we'll bitter old uh, later in the podcast. <laughs> well, I guess, um, talk, talking about these kids, because you've been around wrestling for quite a while. Yeah. So I guess uh, we'll start off with PCW. Mm-hmm. Anyone there that, like, actually, let's re- rewear this a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little unfortunate, the whole exclusive thing. They can only work mm-hmm. for the one mm-hmm. company thing. You'd love to see... Yeah, you know, some of these guys spread their wings because once yeah. they do that, they can go international, get noticed like that. Anyone you found from PCW that just stands out? Look, um, I think someone like a Mark Cage, like I've known him obviously for a number of years and, and we used to talk a lot um, just because, you know, I'd be around the shows or even outside of shows as well. Yeah. Um, I think someone like him who... Like he had a pretty bad knee injury for a while and that really sort of, um, I think, had him questioning what he wanted to do, um, whether he wanted to continue. Um, I was kind of, you know, a bit of an ear for him during that, just saying, look, you know, don't give up, just stay positive, you'll be able to come back, this and that. Um, and I don't know if he could or, you know, I didn't know the inner workings. I try not to get involved in who gets booked or who doesn't get yeah, booked. Yeah. That's not really my thing. Yeah. Um, but I was just trying to just help. You know, he seemed like a good kid with a good um, dedication to what he wanted to do. Um, and it's great to see that he's, you know, where he is now in that. But in saying that, he's someone that I know other promotions have sort of quietly asked me years ago saying, oh, you know, Cage, what do you think? And I'm like, well, he's great, but... Can you get the crowbar out and jimmy him over from there? I don't know. Um, it's hard. Like, I kind of get why they do that, the exclusive thing. Mm. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really hard one. It's a really hard one. I think it, as long as it doesn't become a bit manipulative, and I think at times it's easy for them to manipulate some of those guys because now, like, take a cage and, you know, and I'm not saying... He'll never leave PCW or whatever. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him for a while. But they can sort of... I mean, they they have a lot of these guys wrestling just about every weekend, whether it's Slam or their main shows, right? Yeah. So that kind of locks them in. You, you've got a real buy-in from those guys. Um, now they've got Cage and Ricochet, right? So if a Cage was to want to leave, the discussion would then be, but we put you against this international. We've done this for you. You were injured for a year. We brought you back. We did this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's hard to... It's almost like when you want to leave your parents. You get to a point where you want to move out. It's nothing personal. You get the guilt trip. But you <laughs> do get the guilt yeah. trip. Oh, but, you know, I did this for you. I did that for you. And we gave you this and we gave you that. And I, I <laughs> dare say that that's probably going <laughs> to happen with some of these guys. And the guys that have gotten out, like your Gabby Wolfs, Cody, uh, Zach, have almost been like totally you know like it's almost like they didn't exist at PCW I don't think that's a bit shit like mm. guys have to have the freedom to branch out that's just evolution is life is you know what I mean like I mean to give you guys an example I don't want to name this um, kid because I don't want to get him in not trouble, a problem that's yeah, fine. Yeah. there was a, a PCW guy at one of the earlier OCW shows that I did and like I said oh great to see you you know oh, again I don't want to say I'll say person X I'll say great to see you X that you're here and that you're um you know, checking out other shows because I know how they don't like to let those guys even check out other shows. Yeah. It's it's pretty like, you know, everything's really, the screws are really tightly mm. in them. And um, and we're just talking and I'm like, look, you know, how's it all going over there? And this particular person was like, oh, well, don't know. I don't know if I want to stay there, this and that. Some of that person's friends had sort of moved on to other things. Um, and I just said to that person, I said, look, you've been there five years maybe it's time to move on. Like high school goes for five years and there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you don't need to do high school for 10 years because you do year 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 and then you have to you move on. Sort of exactly. Move yeah. on. Um, that person's still at PCW, great. I'm sure things are going well for them. Um, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's tough. But yeah, I like there were people a couple of years ago who was asking me like, do you think a Mark Cage would want to come and wrestle for I'll tell you, MCW it was at the time. Yeah. Um, I said, look, ask him. I could float it past him and see, but at the same time, I didn't want to put him in a situation where he felt like, you know, because he's still quite young. And some of these kids aren't, I mean, they're still kids. Like when you're a kid, you make stupid mistakes. You don't really have a brain. Everyone makes mistakes. But when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, whatever the case may be, you just 
you don't have that life experience and it sounds like bullshit. And when I used to hear that when I was that age, you're like, oh, this person's full of shit that I'm yeah. talking about. But, but now that I'm, you know, um, a lot older and you have that life experience, you can kind of see, okay, well, this is why that person. And look, these kids just have to make their own way, whether they stay there or not. But in saying that, and what I said to this person next to us at OCW that night is how many times can you see Cage and Dangerfield, Cage and Stone, Cage and... You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And it's not a knock on any of those guys. Like, you know, I'm sure they're great workers. Again, I haven't seen much of their stuff because I don't really follow... You know, if I don't only sort of follow what I see on the shows I do, which at the moment is only yeah. OCW. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a really tough one. I can see why PCW do that exclusive thing. Mm. But it's just going to come to a point where... Where does Cage go from here? Like tonight, you know, he's got Ricochet. Mm. Okay, they can keep bringing internationals in. But same for him. Like we had the House of Hardcore last month. And last night leaving here, it's shitty weather. And I'm like, man, I don't want to get out and go into the rain and battle the traffic. And I know there's yeah. going to be less people. I know it's going to be a lesser, not a lesser quality show, but it's not going to be up there. It's not going to be on the same level as so the exactly. last one. Yeah. So for Cage, maybe after tonight, it might be like, well... Where do I go from here? Do you go from Ricochet tonight to Cast Stone next month, Dangerfield, or back to Swagger, or back to... There's only so many times you can cook a cake and it just becomes, well, fuck, I've had this meal before. Yeah, Why you get sick of it after something all. else? Yeah. I don't know, but um, yeah, I get, I, yeah, you just can't answer that. I, I know I've sort of danced around it. I don't know, I can see why PC doesn't no, no, do that's, it. that's fine. Um, but... At the same time, it's just going to get to a point where like a cage or whoever is going to get too big for them and there's going to have to be a serious discussion whether he instigates it or they instigate it or they won't instigate it. It'll have to be him. So yeah. <laughs> sorry, Cage, if you're listening to this, but, um, you know, it's uh, it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, it's like if you're at a job, like at my work, like, you know, I'm fairly comfortable there, but you do feel like, well, fuck, you know, I've been here five years. I want to do something. I want to earn more money. I want to, you know... Yes, I'm great at what I do, but after a while, it becomes samey. And once it becomes samey, you're just like, well, you know, you just, whatever, don't give a fuck. And if you're constantly doing the same thing after a while, you start to get sick of it and you can't kind of get a little, if you're ambitious and you have a drive to do something new. You have to be ambitious, exactly. exactly. Like in everything, I'm not just saying wrestling, like in just life. If you're not ambitious, you'll just fucking go nowhere. And if you're going nowhere, like why get up in the morning? You know what I mean? Just fucking keep pushing and kicking doors in and you know that's what you just have to do yeah that's it you just gotta do well, it. At, at the end of the day we want to see all these kids succeed yeah and do yeah. what they do and you know like you were mentioning a lot of the same matches and you'd love to see these guys branch out because when you start investing guys you don't normally work against you, you learn little things well look it's like when you have friendship circles like when you make friends with other people you learn things about them you learn things about yourself mm. so when you're wrestling other talent you learn things about them. You learn things about yourself. But if you're wrestling the same stones and Dangerfield and Swagger, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. You know. You can always put on good matches, but yeah. But after a while, even the fans are just going to go, "Well, you know, Cena, Orton, Cena, Orton, fuck, Cena, Orton again." <laughs> like, please, you know, give Orton, me something Cena. else. Yeah. How exactly. many times can you see it? You know. Exactly. And again, it's not a knock, please, guys, if they're listening. It's not a knock on your work, but you get better by pushing yourself harder and getting a bit uncomfortable because if you're just in your comfort zone well again you just you know there's just a, existing yeah there's a glass ceiling yeah like exactly after a while you're going to get to that glass ceiling it's like well do I stay where I am or do I break through it you know yeah exactly it's going to get to that point and Cage is a, like we've had experience with him mm. doing wrestling oh. training and he, he's got a really good work ethic we, we put him over highly yeah, yeah. him uh, Look, Tone. he's a good kid yeah yeah, Tome as well. Yeah, it was really great. good too. Good body as well, yeah. Put them over highly. We uh, trained at PCW for just under a year. Mm-hmm. They were looking after our classes and you know, we learned quite a bit yeah. through it. They're no, good wrestlers, a, yeah. And the, they at that time, they deserved um, to get a good push because they had a lot of momentum behind them. But that's obviously a different story for another I, time. I think the yeah. good thing about PCW in a way, like six or seven years ago, you had NAW kind of do similar things where... They would lock their roster in. Yeah. But they would lock their roster in in a way that, oh, well, everyone says you guys are shit because actually they're shit. You're not shit. 
and they're putting this false hope in people's heads. Yeah. I'm pretty sure PCW aren't doing that. So that's a good thing that there's that's a big good. difference. Like, I mean, like people like Shooter and others who rotted in NAW for like three or four years before he was able to break through. Mm. And people were telling him, get out of there. No, but this person's like, you know, family and this, it's like, well, they're drawing 40 people. Everyone knows they're the shits. And if you work shit, if you work for shit, you become shit. You, you know become what I mean? shit, yeah. So um, you just need to break out. And same with um, a few of the other guys there. But then, you know, and look, there's some of the guys that are there sort of have dipped their foot in other waters and then run back there. Maybe it's just comfort zone. Maybe it's, you know, you want to be, it's good to be for them a big fish in a small pond. If that works for them, I guess more power to them. But, you know, there is other opportunities out there, but you have to push yourself and you have to kick down doors and you have to, you know, kick and scratch a bit. There's lots of promotions in Melbourne yeah. and, and, and Australia look, itself. And are good though. Like, yeah. it, shouldn't, it shouldn't just be that all those promotions are good. I'm not saying that, you know, again, I'm not being just a company man. Like, <laughs> PCW have good things. MCW have good things. OCW obviously have good things. NAW, yeah. Warzone, I know they've been through a change. So, you know, there's a change of whatever booking and owners and, yeah. and stuff. So, don't know 100% sort of how that goes because you kind of need to give that time to yeah. evolve. Yeah. Um, who else is out there? Well, I mean, NCW. Look at NCWF as a example. Like, um, I'm sure that Josh guy who ran that is a nice guy, but it folded because he ran it with no names that no one really knew. They weren't really established. Yeah. And it's not easy. Like, I know some fans sit there and go, "Why can't fucking this be booked this way?" And why, you know, I know better than what these guys are doing, and I could book it better. And I think the NCWF experience will show people that. When it's your own money on the line, when it's your own time and your own this, this and that, it becomes different. Mm. It's easy to be an armchair critic and, you know, hurl shit on something. And other people have tried it. I mean, Scott Bell, I don't even know if he's still around wrestling. Um, he, you know, fucking four years ago was talking about he was going to revolutionise and have all this joint, uh, run a show with all these people from different promotions and he yeah. was going to unite and evolve and make this thing something amazing and it, the, that show didn't even happen he sort of crashed and burned and no one sort of heard from him for a while probably not a bad thing but you know that's <laughs> what happens so it was one of those like um cross promotion kind of shows that yeah he, he wanted to doing, run yeah. with talent from pcw mcw he had this grandiose plan and look in his head and, and what he told me at the time it sounded good mm. but people were sort of telling him and it's not easy it's easy to talk about it but there's a lot of bullshit in wrestling too and once you sort of get into that and okay that person doesn't talk to this person so i can't book them on the same show oh fuck wow i don't know if we can do this now because that guy does that move and uh, you know there's a lot of stuff you've got to consider it's not just throw you know throw a heap of shit at a wall and it'll all just <laughs> magically happen <laughs> you know so um i think you know he had a good idea but it went nowhere because part of it was oh, i think a lot of it was him he probably got a little bit too ahead of himself and that can happen too. And, um, you know, yeah. Fair enough. Oh, it, would be, it would be cool to see, you know, some of these promotions join up, get bigger sort of thing. I don't think they'll yeah. ever join up. That's the thing. You, you you can use talent from, like, you know, OCW is a lot of MCW yeah. talent. Um, I mean, I wouldn't even call them MCW talent. They're, you know, probably the best They're independent They're wrestlers. Independent wrestlers, yeah. right? Um, and I'm sure if PCW allowed some of their guys to branch out, you know, and wrestle other people, God forbid, um, <laughs> you know, that they might actually benefit yeah. from that. Because you see that. I mean, you, you probably would never have thought that, you know, like back in, say, 2010, you maybe never would have thought you'd see, like, a, say, Big Cuz, you know, um, against uh, whoever. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just good to see yeah. some of these guys who are newer. But, you know, Cuz has been around for three, four years training his ass off. Mm, you know, yeah. so it wasn't just he got, like, pushed straight away into something. He's, he did a lot of, you know, grinding at Carlos, backstage at MCW, helping with rings here, there and everywhere. And that's, the, that's a great story, you know what I mean? That's what you want to see. Those guys you look at and see, this guy fucking deserves that. He deserves yeah. to get an opportunity. Mm. But not some people who are just mates of mates of mates who are oh, well they wrestled at NAW in 2010 now they're doing fuck all now let's bring them back in NAW and they've done nothing but do you know they that six years they're off wrestling they still count that as part of their career no that's not the way it works 
Yeah. We wouldn't know. We're just marks. We're all just fucking marks. We're all just, we're all just fucking marks. <laughs> 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 all right. Oh, speaking of marks, oh, Vaez last night. <laughs> Vicious promo. Vicious. No, he's great on the mic, Savage with the side of chill. Not chill. Savage with the chill. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> I'll fuck that up. Yeah. That's all right. We can edit it. So. We can edit that. What is it again? Savage with no chill. Savage with no chill. Yeah, one of our mates always says that whenever we oh, nice. when we drop a pipe bomb on someone. <laughs> Savage with no chill. Savage with no chill. Yeah, promo last night. Savage with absolutely no chill. Yeah, he's great. He, he is. He's an awesome talker. And look, there's a guy that's, you know, come from the US and he's happy to share his knowledge and stuff. And if people want to learn, great. I mean, uh, even his podcasts. I don't listen to many podcasts, but I've listened to a few of the ones he's done. And, you know, the way he presents it, the way he... Um, He's got a good mind for wrestling. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just because he's an American, but just the way he presents stuff, the way he talks about stuff, and even like my dealings with him. Admittedly, early on, I must admit, I was a bit wary of him because he's just like, here's this guy from America. And then he kind of, some of the stuff he was talking about sounded a bit grandiose and stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, fuck, in 12 months, this guy's going to crash and burn like so many others. But yeah. to his credit, he, you know, um, Still out there doing his thing, and and, um, and he's know. he's proved himself. Yeah, yeah so he has. Yeah. Look, I, I've got a lot of time for him, and uh, I'm happy to do his podcast too. <laughs> no, we we'd love there. to have him on this podcast as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We've actually been campaigning for that for a while. This is two, three shows in a row that we've asked for Vias to be on this podcast. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> it's hasn't answered back. It's hard to get a ha- hold of him at shows because he's, he's he's so very busy. In, he's very and busy. He's, very, he's always doing stuff. Like he's he always, is, and you can see his mind like ticking, and that's uh, really good. I know, I know what you mean about being wary of the Americans because there has been a couple that I remember in the past that have come down here and they've had all the real big hype behind well, look them. Look at Orlando Jordan. Like Another one, yeah. Perfect he example. came out here. He was going to revolutionize Aussie wrestling. He was going to run seminars and he was going to, you know, and he charged however many people, two and a half grand to... Yep. But where are those people now? Like, I'm not, you know, like good on them for stepping up and that. But I think... I don't know if he lied to them or they lied to themselves and thought, well, I'm doing the seminar with Orlando Jordan, so MCW, I'm going to get a spot on there, I'm going to get a spot here, I'm going to get a... But it didn't happen because, you know, various things. But again, yeah, you kind of saw him crash and burn a bit because he had these big ideas and I'd sort of seen, you know, that experience, the Scott Bell experience we talk about. And you see so many people, you see, you know, I had years ago fans like would like I generally add most people now I'm a bit more wary so apologies to any fans who are still waiting to be added on my Facebook <laughs> years and years ago I'd just add in anyone and everyone and then it became a bit annoying because then some fans would start asking about shows and then offering booking opinions and I'm like you know what I'm not really into the whole booking thing I don't want really a bar of it yeah um, and it's not my thing and it really shouldn't be your thing because just be a fan and if it upsets you so much just don't come to the shows that's exactly. my exactly yeah. if something upsets you so much just don't fucking come to the shows like you see, I don't want to name this person, but he seems to always post on various forums about OCW and their ticket prices. It's like, you know, if it makes you unhappy, don't come to the fucking shows, but don't bitch on public Facebook sites about the prices when we still pull a thousand people to shows. You know what I mean? Go to your shitty show. And I just found it funny that that person private messaged me because I kind of caught him out on it. And... um you know, and I just didn't respond because I just think, you know what, if you're going to be a fuckwit, just do it in your own time. I don't want to be involved and I'm not going to, you got the response you deserve, which is nothing. So that person, if you're listening, that's why I haven't responded to you. Burn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I've, um, I have seen this person bitch about stuff on forums. I have. And <laughs> Isn't I've, that funny that you know who I'm talking I've, about? Yeah, I've we, said we things. Oh, I've said know. things actually. Um, there was for the last show that he was having a bitch. Look, I love fans generally. Like fans like you are great because you, you, you know when to be a fan and, you know, like, you know, yes, we'll chat and whatever and, you know, I'll add you guys on Facebook and now we're doing this. Like, that's great. Yeah. But if you're going to be a fuckhead about it, like, you know, kind of like what Scott Bell did four or five years ago and I'm not sure if he still goes to shows, but if you're going to try and bring yourself up above everyone, no, everyone's got a place. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when I did PWA, I would not speak to anyone even in the locker room Mm. unless they spoke to me because you shut your fucking mouth and you speak when you're spoken to, and that's just exactly. the way it is. Almost like my job. If I start a new job tomorrow, I don't go and tell everyone how smart I am. I don't tell everyone how I'm going to revolutionize the way we do stuff at this job. Absolutely, I'll shut yeah. my fucking mouth for six months, and I'll absorb. And then, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I'll be the nicest person. And then once I know everything, then I'll offer my opinion. Exactly. And that's the way it should be. 
But don't fucking get on websites on Facebook and whatever and piss and moan about stuff. And like you're up here and because you've got a group of six or however many friends come to shows that you control because the fucking people around you are stupid and weak like you. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah. It's fucking laughable <laughs> that this person thinks they're way up here yeah. and that they can start demanding stuff because they're five or six people. Mm. You know, come to the shows. Like uh, To give you an example, my parents run a pizza shop and I used to love the calls that would come in. I'm going to tell my neighbour not to eat from your shop. <laughs> Domino's is cheaper than you. Well, you know what? Fuck you, fuck your neighbour and fuck Domino's. Go and eat from there. We <laughs> exactly. Don't, our business is not run on your fucking contribution. Exactly. Yes, it's nice to have you there at the shows as a paying thing, but don't be a fuckhead about it, basically. Mm. Sorry, that got a bit... No, no, that's all right. No, that's, that's right. good, man. No, I agree. It, it's totally true. Some, some fans just just don't know. Just know your place. That's know your place. Is. Yeah, know absolutely. your place in the thing. Like if I watch MasterChef and I don't like it, I don't go and you know post on Channel 10's Facebook about how badly I thought they did MasterChef. Exactly. I just change the fucking channel because there's so many other entertainment options out there for me. Yeah. So many other ways I can amuse myself. But I think this particular person and some of his friends just fucking playing their lives around wrestling and it's like please get out find a new like not find a new <laughs> hobby keep coming to shows yeah but just fucking realize your place and stay in your box that's all we ask if you don't like coming just if you don't, don't like the show if don't you come don't like the ticket prices don't come exactly don't fucking bitch on a public dan leonard site and talk about oh my god ocw how dare they charge a hundred dollars well fuckhead we had 70 people plus Pay a hundred dollars for the meet and greet. I pay. I, we paid one hundred and twenty. Well, and, there you go. And then about an eighty, do, about eighty or ninety dollars worth of merchandise. And, and did you guys that. leave that show and go? Oh my god, that was the worst one hundred and twenty dollars I've ever spent. No, we no. enjoyed it. Well, I loved what's it. What's the fucking problem then? You know what I mean? Like this person's getting out there banging the drum against OCW, <laughs> and it's like, well, I kind of take that a little bit personally because yeah. I work for OCW. It doesn't bother me. I don't get paid less if this person comes or doesn't come, but it pisses me off if people are kind of talking out of turn and, you know, m- trying to big note themselves when they shouldn't be. Like, yes, if they're Hulk Hogan, okay, I'll listen to your opinion. If you're Tommy Dreamer, like to give you an example, at the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer pulled me aside during the show and gave me some feedback. I took it on board because that's Tommy Dreamer. But if fuckhead yeah. on the internet wants to, you know, start mouthing off, well, I'm sorry, you get the response you deserve, which is nothing. And I just tune out to your stuff. And there's a way of approaching things like yeah. that as well. Like bitching about it on Facebook is one thing. What, what if you're going to approach... Just better shit to do with your life. And not to yeah. mention there's better shit to do with your life. But if you're going to have an opinion, at least have an informed opinion instead of, you know, oh, OCW's fucking shit because well, of their ticket prices, you know? If you're going to have an opinion, like... If that person was right and OCW say only had five people to that House of Hardcore Q&A, yeah. I would then reply to them and say, you know what, person thing, you're actually right and I apologise for calling you out. I was yeah. a piece of shit. Like, I'll admit when I'm wrong. Exactly, yeah. But fuckhead, like we got 100 and whatever, you know, it might have actually, I think 70 was at the Super Show last year. It might have been 100 and something there that was, paid the 100 there, there, was, there was more at this House time of for the House of Hardcore, wasn't yeah. there? So yeah. Do you know what I mean? We'll so mark if you're going to argue, <laughs> if you're going to put something out there for everyone yeah. to digest, be informed about what you're saying and, you know, make it worthwhile because if it's just bullshit. Yeah. People, I think, have every right to call you out. Absolutely. And there's way, as I said, there's ways of approaching it. Like the last Super Show, I remember there was a problem with the meet and greet that we had, but we didn't go bitching about it yeah. on Facebook. We spoke to Zora in, in person about it. Usually a pretty open book. And yeah. like, you know, if people want to criticize my work, I'm happy to be criticized, but base it on evidence. And if you're going to criticize me, be ready to, for me to then retaliate to your criticism with some facts and reality as well. But there you go. Agreed. There you go. While we're talking about OCW, let's let's start going on about OCW. So, our first OCW show was a Super Show last super year. Show. Oh wow! Okay. Last year, our yeah, first one. Cool. We saw like posters like Al Snow and yeah. there's a bunch of sirens happening outside. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's usual in the city. <laughs> Me and him get that. <laughs> we we exactly. go on Facebook and be like, Al Snow's coming. Like, what? All right, that, that's cool. Mm. Didn't phase us. And then came the Super Show and we were like, let's let's go suss it out. Yeah. Let's go get the meet and greet. Went. Enjoyed it. Main event could have been better. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree bit. with that. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, you're like, 
even you've told us Dorio wasn't the <laughs> best person. I didn't tell you, just in case people are listening. But no, look, uh, look, people, back, are people you know what I mean. But um, it's uh, look, you get good and bad experiences sometimes when you deal with internationals. But at least they're booking internationals that people know. Exactly. That's. I think there's be. a difference between booking a Del Rio and a Kennedy and a Al Snow and a Dreamer to booking like a EC3 or a Ricochet or a, you know, um, because, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about this before we started doing the podcast. Yeah. Good on PCW for booking Ricochet. Great. But I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. I have no fucking idea who he is. I don't even know who EC3 was until I met him at OCW and I still kind of, you know, like, yes, great body, great whatever, great match. Nice guy. No no issue with that. But yeah. as a fan, like, if I was to put myself in a fan shoes, those names would not make me go, fuck, I need to spend $50 or however much they're charging to go and see Ricochet, EC3, who else? Bull Dem- I don't know who Bull Dempsey, Bull Dempsey was. Yeah. Or Mark Silver, you know. Like, I know he's Dennis Committee's son. That's cool, bit of a novelty. Yeah. But as a fan, is that going to make me go, well, it's pissing down with rain on a Friday night. Do I want to stay in front of my TV and order in pizza or do I want to step out and, you know, spend 40, 50 bucks? Agreed, yeah. So that's what you got to think about. Like, I'm sure they'll do well tonight. I heard they didn't do that well last night, PCW. Maybe there'll be some questions as to why, but I can tell you. It's because fans, wrestling fans only know WWE. Fans like Fuckhead, who we were talking about before, will go to anything, whether it's Ricochet, whether it's Cage versus Stone or Trance versus Tomei or whoever, Shooter versus Burr, say. You know what I mean? Yeah. They will go to anything. So getting Ricochet or EC3 or whatever, like the EC3 show, we didn't draw that many people mm. at that gym, yeah. whatever it was, yeah. in fucking Noble Park. Noble Park, yeah. All right, it was on a Sunday afternoon, probably not great, but... I wouldn't say to myself, if I was like the promoter, that was a huge success because I don't know. I mean, you know, you've got to cover the guy's flights. You've got to cover the guy's hotel. Hotel and I mean, two, let's just say two grand for flights, a thousand bucks for the hotel. That's before they've eaten or anything, right? So that's three grand. Three grand. How much a stuff. ticket price? Say they're 30 bucks. You need a hundred fans extra to cover that guy's thing. Yeah. Now, Fuckhead and his six friends aren't a hundred fans. And they are going to come to the show anyway. So what are you doing? Like, how is that? Whereas if you've got a Del Rio, like we pulled, I think, 760 to the Super Show and 1,000, whatever the yeah. figure was, the House of Hardcore, because people know Mickey James. People know, I mean, the, you post on Facebook, Mickey James, and the fucking comments went ballistic and tagging, people tagging each other. How many flyers were handed out for that OCW show? I don't see any. Zero. There you go. Because flyers are so 10 years ago. You know flyers? I'll take you downstairs in the apartment here. And you know what the flyers, like for the internet and whatever offers we get in our mailbox here? You know where they all are? In the fucking bin. Because no one's got time for that. No one's got time for flyers anymore. Yeah. When I get my mail, all I want is what's addressed to me. Okay, I know that's the electricity bill. Yes, I'll take that upstairs. What's that? Internet. In the bin. Real estate. Fuck off. In the bin. What's this? I need a car space. Fuck off. In the bin. I don't have time for it. And yeah. that's what you've got to think. Do you know what I mean? So, yes, flyers worked 10, 15 years ago, but they don't work now. Flyers are the best way to get into a rubbish bin. So, um, sorry, we veered off track. What was the question? Total <laughs> oh, well, just talking in general about OCW and the oh, Super yeah, Show so and yeah. all that. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Actually, I, do, I don't want to keep on going with the Ricochet thing because I think I got like that. It's more the internet marks sort of thing. Yeah. Those guys are part but of that new guys, internet the era. Internet marks will come to anything, mm. yeah. they will come to Cage versus Stone. They will come to Cage versus Dangerfield, Cage versus Swagger. They will come, and I'm not just saying this about PCW. They'll come to Shooter versus Burr if we did it at OCW. They'll come to Brooks versus Sid, right? But the thing is, they're spending, say, three grand, and you need 100 extra fans, 80 to 100. Maybe the ticket price is a bit more than 30 bucks. Yeah. But yeah. roughly, 80 to 100 extra, extra fans we're talking about, not just fucking your normal marks that are going to show up. So... I don't know. I I think if you're going to book a show with internationals, you need someone with WWE name. Yeah, yeah. That's just my. I opinion. mean, I guess let's go back because you, Jesse, like you yeah. going about uh, Warzone when they used to bring out Adam Pearce and Colt Cabana. Well, back. But that's the other thing, actually. Can I yeah, just say, Adam Pearce? I had no idea who that guy was. Mm. 
And yesterday I used him on PCW and I did some of the shit. Look, nice guy. But again... Before that, you'd have no idea. As a fan, I would not go, Adam Pierce. fuck, he's 40 bucks or, you know, whatever. Yeah, the absolutely, yeah. At the end of the day, the most accessible wrestling is WWE. Yeah. Put Khalid on a poster, fuck, okay. I, I will go that guy. Yeah. I will go to Tommy Dreamer. I will go to an Al Snow. I will go to a whatever. I mean, like when MC, I don't want to just say, oh, so when MCW had Chavo Guerrero. Great. That's the kind of international that will bring people to your show. Yeah. Extra fans mm. I'm talking about, not just the you, usual fans. The usual crowd, yeah. 40 or, you know. So, yeah. The difference with Warzone back in the day, though, in that era, because I, I went to sh- every single show because it was only 15 minutes away. Well, not even 15 minutes. It's about uh, five minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could walk there within like five minutes and it'd be fine. Um, yep. And it was Berwick Performing Arts Center. They, they started off doing shows there and then they had the big show well back then it was big because they didn't have three or four internationals on one show back then very often mm. and that was the um first nwa show that they did um which was the they had adam pierce they had orlando jordan see orlando's um, a good one to get because mm. he's got name value yeah absolutely even cole cabana to a lesser degree at least i kind of know who he was through sort of CM Punk and a little bit of his yeah, stuff, maybe yeah. vaguely, I remember from WCW or ECW, whatever he did. Yeah, like back then, they yeah. So they had those two, and then I think there was a couple others. I just don't remember from the top of my head, but they had a pretty good card. And the difference between um, now with Warzone, because I haven't been there for how many years. Last time I went, it was pretty disappointing how it's turned out. I think that was towards the end. Um, I think Ben Gilbert's gotten re- isn't a part of it anymore. I think he, yeah, he's sold it or whatever. Um, I sort of haven't followed. But much yeah, yet but what back the last show that I went to at the Berry Performing Arts and I w- didn't draw anything. It was mm. about forty people, not even forty people Jeepers. in the room. So that's hard. That's hard. I mean, that'd be hard for the promoter, and you feel yeah. for them because the that brand's been around for a while. Absolutely, mm. and yeah. you feel for the guys who have to wrestle in front of that amount of people because it's disappointing because they're yeah. the ones putting their bodies on the line. Um, we had a group of seven of us, I think, and that was the most people. Shit, yeah. yeah. That was the most what we bought in. And we're, we're trying to make all the noise we can, just like let the guys know, like, we're enjoying this, come yeah. on. But there wasn't, people weren't really getting into it, whereas back in 2012 when I went every single month, the place was packed to the yeah. point where there'd be standing room in the corridor. That's that's, that's how, what you want. That's what you want for yeah. the guys. Like for someone who appreciates the work these guys have done and seen some mm. of the injuries that they've been through and heard about some of the shit yeah. they had to, like, you know. Uh, injuries and hospital stays and stuff, you want them to be able to, well, at least it wasn't for nothing. There was 200 people. Yeah. Or, okay, there was 150 people, but they were super loud and they were, you know, cheering me off the thing. Yeah. Not, you know, sitting on their hands. And the best part about it was that not every show had an international on it. Yeah. The, di- the only reason they were getting in constant fans was because they had a compelling storyline going for a whole year. Like, I think it was Crackerjack was champion for the time. And every single show at the end, you'd, You'd finish up and you'd be like, "What the fuck's going to happen next um, what event? Like, what's happening? I have to go and see what happens." Like, I remember that that um, show that they had, the first NWA show, um, and I think the match between Adam that Adam had was um, Adam Pierce versus Mike Pedersen, mm-hmm. and he had a heel turn during that thing. And then um, at the end, um, you had Cracker Jack versus I think it was the Esteban, that American that came down. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah he was down there. And then all of a sudden at the end, um, Maniac ran in mm-hmm. and nobody expected it because he kept quiet the entire show. You didn't see him outside. You didn't see him at the back. And it's pretty easy to see who's there because yeah. the back door's only around the corner yeah. from the outside of the venue. But that was a pretty compelling storyline that kept going. It was, I think it was Mark Williamson versus Cracker Jack. And it was a constant thing that went for a whole year. Mm-hmm. And then it led to a big hardcore match between Williamson and Cracker Jack. And then Cracker Jack, um, I think, jo- joined Williamson. There's, there's a whole big recap on YouTube. But um, there was a compelling storyline for a whole year. Wow. And it just, every single show you were asking for more. And I don't see that very Can often I in wrestling. cut in and go back to the surprise thing? Yeah. Because like, talking about surprise, let's go to Super Show, Gangrel. Mm-hmm. I guess um, you work for OCW. Yes. Did you know about it beforehand or you just found out like everyone else did on the night? Uh, I found out during that day before the show. Um, I don't think we're giving away anything by saying this. Um, no. I had no idea that he was going to be there. I knew that there was a surprise 
more than what was being announced. Yeah. And then... The same happened at House of Hardcore yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Except for us, but we'll go about after this. <laughs> the... Um, no, that was, I think that was really well done, that surprise. Um, because, yeah, you can sort of see, and it, the good thing about that venue especially is that there's a lot of back entrances and stuff. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the fans wouldn't be able to see him there. Um, I think the pop for the surprise the other month at House of Hardcore was bigger than the Gangrel pop. It was close. Mm. But that's probably the only, probably two times that I've just like, you just can sort of, there's that much noise, like you almost feel overwhelmed by it. Like, and mm. that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. It's like, holy fuck, this is amazing. Like, yeah, so that's that's good. And to see the fans react, it's just, you know, it's like that they run that footage of when Austin, um, when Foley won the title and Austin comes out. And I show a lot of my non-wrestling fan friends that when you just see that arena, you know, when the glass breaks and the arena just like yeah, explodes. And you're just like, holy fuck, that was just amazing. <laughs> and that was like with the Gangrel and the um, Hurricane the other month. Yeah, but I knew about that on the day. Zoran, um, again, I think I can talk about this. Zoran called me. It's been, it's been over a year. Yeah, he sort of said, um, this is now, you're still okay for the show. What time are you getting there? Blah, 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 blah. And um, that's the other thing, actually. Zoran's really good like that. Like he, I think he cares enough about the product to, some people might say he's a control freak. And yes, he is to a point. But I think there's nothing wrong with having more communication with your people, whether that's your announcers, your talent, whatever the case may be. Um, whereas with other shows I'd done, I don't think I'd ever had the promoter call me on the day of the show. The only time it happened actually is when I was running late for an MCW at Tullamarine because they were on a Friday night and they were calling me because it was like quarter past seven and the show was going <laughs> to start at 7.30 and I was like yeah. literally around the corner. But yeah, no, that's just good little things that you just notice differences with mm. yeah, promotions. As a fan, I've noticed it. Like di difference between other shows and OCW, you don't see um, the promoter really running around like he does, mm. like doing his little things. And you don't really see a promoter at the end of the show shaking everyone's hand, thanks for coming. Yeah. I hope to see you at the next show. Have you enjoyed it? I mean, I think I saw him at least three times yesterday and every time he'd say hi and he'd be like, how are you enjoying the show? Yeah. At the start of the show, he said, do you guys want front row seats? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Take it, you know? Um, and you don't really get that from many promoters. Can I just say, I think the difference with Zoran is that he's a businessman. He runs a lot of successful businesses yeah. and he runs the wrestling as a business, which I think it should be run. The other promoters, I think, run it the way they think a promoter should run a company. Yeah. So all their view of, and I guess it kind of gets back to that thing, when you're younger, you don't have that experience as when you're old. Obviously, Zoran's a lot older than um, the other guys running their promotions. Um, you have that experience and you kind of know, It's a lot of it's just the little things. People remember the little things. They don't remember you know, everything. But if you can, like what you said, he will go up and shake your hand after the show or he'll yeah. ask you if you want front row or he'll, you know, he just builds a bit of rapport with you. So he kind of knows you, you know him, you know, whereas other promoters will just backstage and that's it. And oh my God, don't fucking talk to me. I'm so fucking busy. I can't yeah. deal. I just can't deal with this shit right now. And look, Zoran gets like that too. I mean, if you push people's wrong buttons and when they're stressed, yes. And I get that. But there's a difference between, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I don't want to fucking talk to anyone to... I'm so stressed because I'm dealing with all this stuff and I need to go and make sure that the fans are okay and I need to make sure this and that and that and that is okay. Yeah. Um, whereas some promoters, and I guess that's been my experience with them and we can sort of talk about that a bit later on with, with some of the other ones, but um, you, you kind of need to... I think what they think, like... Promoters see Vince McMahon, right? And they hear stories about Vince McMahon. And a lot of them aren't great stories. Like he likes to fuck with people and be a dick to people. Yeah. And I think promoters, because they see, oh, okay, a promoter is... It's almost like you look up in the dictionary. What does hyperventilate mean? It means this, this, and that. Okay, cool. They, what does being a promoter mean? Oh, it's Vince McMahon. Be a dick. You know, motivation by fear. You control the talent. Like in that Beyond the Mat where he says... Um, you know, you can't let the talent get too big because that monster will come and bite you. And I think some of these younger promoters just have that fucking mentality, which is a bit stupid because not everyone's like that. And Absolutely. you need to bring it down to their level because these are human beings you're dealing with, not fucking 
pawns on a chessboard, but we can go into that later when we talk about another promotion. Interesting. Agreed. No, I agree with you because that's what we always say. Um, like if we're, I won't go into details, but sometimes yeah. we'd be pissed off about something involved in wrestling. We're just like, at the end of the day, they're all human beings. Yeah. You know, we're all human beings. There's nobody's larger than life. No, all the no. characters are in the ring. Whenever they step through the curtain, they're just a human being. Exactly. I mean, you know, if I like to give you an example uh, away from wrestling, but if the cleaner yeah. at work comes in, I'm usually working late. I'll say hello to that person because this is a yeah. human being. Yes, she's a cleaner, and yes probably has to work a lot harder than I do probably for a lot less money yeah. but hey how's your day how are you going you know okay I'll move my chair do you need help with that mm. little things like that exactly not um, they go you know, they go a long way too those little things yeah of course you just try and be nice to people and not just be a dick because oh my god that's what McMahon would do that's what <laughs> Vince McMahon would do like I'll, I'll give you a good example there was a Q&A and it's funny um, I don't want to put you on the spot but there was a Q&A and you, Jesse, asked the question and I actually said, Jesse. And you just said, the first thing you said was, you know my name. And I'm like, well, because we, you know, we're on Facebook and yeah. I like to, you know, I only sort of add people if I think they're okay and not I remember heads. that, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just a little thing like that that yep. you will remember. Um, we passed. <laughs> <laughs> we passed. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and that's the kind of person I am. Like, I will treat people fairly. I'll be upfront with people. Um, when I need to be up front, but not in an asshole way. And I'll let people be a prick to me before I become a prick back to them. And I'll let people yeah. push my buttons. That's fine. I like to be challenged. Challenge me. That's great. But don't be a fucking dodgy prick. But again, we can talk about that when we get to that that's topic. It. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna shooting for a little bit now. Yeah, yes. let's, get, let's get this. on to something a little, little lighter. A little lighter, sure. A little lighter. There's been a character growing at OCW <laughs> for the last 12 months or so. Yes. And that's Bass slowly transitioning into Freddie Mercury a little yes. bit. Yes. Heck, is that just something the fans just kind of started and you just... It's bizarre. Just um, no, I think other people in the past have said I look like Freddie Mercury just out of, you know, at work or... Um, this is a weird story. I There was a TV show around which I auditioned to be a contestant on Spelling Bee, uh, Singing Bee. Remember the Singing Bee on Channel 9? Singing yes. Ooh, I There's still that. clips on YouTube okay. for people who yeah. want it. It's from 2007-ish. I remember it, yeah. And um, I remember going to... Because I kind of know a lot of my music and I'd watch some of the American version before and, you know, they had a thing to audition to be a contestant. You didn't have to be able to sing. You just, you know, like the music stops and you just have to sing the next line. Okay. Like, I remember Or know that, yeah, the next line. I remember you don't that, have to yeah. sing. It's not like the fucking voice where you, you know, have to actually be able to sing. And um, the... Uh, the guy there was actually Craig Huggins from Gold 104. And actually, it's funny because later on, I've been doing some work with him on festival work outside of, you know, everything. Uh, and he actually said, um, oh, my God, you look like Freddie Mercury. We should give you a Queen song. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I've sort of yeah, heard that cool. before. And then, yeah, I don't know what happened at the uh, the OCW. I think um, there was the PJ Black show last year. Yeah, I remember that one. And we came out of intermission. And um, I'm a bit of a control freak when... I'm in the ring. So like if the run sheet says there should be music or a video, I will wait. And you probably saw that at various times when I'm in the ring. If I sit and wait, nothing's happening. It's not because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It's I'm waiting for Rick or whoever to hit a button to roll a video or roll a music or whatever. And then I'll go and yell at them after for not fucking pressing the button. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you know, because my thing is the fans aren't going to know that Rick didn't fucking press a button behind a curtain. They're going to think, well, Bass fucked up. Why is he waiting? Why isn't he speaking? And it's like, uh, uh, you know, it's not because yeah. of me. But, you know. You're just waiting for your cues. I'm waiting for something. And I think at that show in July last year, some music started playing. And I didn't know because I'm looking at the run sheet and there's no music scheduled. So I'm like, what the fuck's going on in my head? I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I, because I'm thinking that, I didn't even listen to what the track, and it was a Queen track, wasn't it? That yeah. he played. I think oh, I, I want to break free. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. I remember. And then I sort of got it. But my first thing is, why is there fucking music? It's not scheduled to be on the run sheet. What's going on? I'm sort of shooting the look. Like, what the fuck? And then Zoran was kind of laughing. So I'm like, okay, if Zoran's laughing, it can't be too bad. And then, oh, okay. Then I went with it. And then pretty much from there it became, okay, became we thing. need to became your thing, yeah. give you a entrance music. <laughs> Which has <laughs> never happened at any of the other promotions. It took how many fucking years I've been doing this? Um, <laughs> 13 years almost of, of announcing to get theme music and there you go and an entrance of some sort 
that's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, you've, you've worked your ass off. Yeah, so I think so too. It, it's cool I'm to have a, a little bit of that. That's what they <laughs> <like>. <laughs> <laughs> Grizzled old veteran. <laughs> Grizzled old veteran, yes. Oh, uh, yes. It's cool to have a little moment like that. No, I think, and look, the fans like it. They, they seem to get in. I'm like, you know, I had the fans at Hardcore. I think they were there last night with the Freddie posters. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. You know, and it's funny. Like, I remember they, I, I saw them after the House of Hardcore and I said, oh, I'll sign you things. Yep. And, um, after the show, my partner said to me, he goes, you know how happy those guys were that you signed it? I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, they just like, oh my God, he signed it. I can't believe he signed it. I'm just like, fuck, I'm just a, like, I'm a nobody. Like, <laughs> you know, don't need to get so, if those guys are listening, you don't need to get that excited. Um, uh. But, you know, it's great. Like, it's great to hear that because it's like, yeah. well, if you're, you know, if you're making people happy or if you're, whatever you're doing is a positive for their experience, obviously people don't pay to see me, but if you can contribute in some way mm. like to the experience of the fans um do it why not yeah absolutely we'll mark it out to bass <laughs> yeah why not that's great so. yeah all right so we've, uh didn't realize we're going a little bit over time with bass so i think let's make let's make this a two-parter what do you reckon fellas yeah, I think so. That sounds good to me. That sounds good. I've got a lot more bitterness to unload. <laughs> <laughs> so come uh, back for part two with bitterness with bass. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Alrighty. All right, so very quickly, let's uh, uh, bass. You got anything you want to plug your social medias or? Oh shit. Um, I'm kind of scared to plug it because I don't know if I want fans adding me and then giving me booking ideas. Um, <laughs> don't have to if you don't want to. People can like add me on Facebook. Generally, if I kind of know who you are, I'll add you straight away. If I don't, you may just wait in Facebook purgatory for a while until I kind of suss you out. Um, if you think that's unfair, maybe private message me. I'm on Twitter as well, at Interactive Prod, which is not really a wrestling handle, but it was just what it was. Mm. Um, yeah. There awesome. you go. Now you can check us out, the DNT Podcast on Facebook. We are now on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Instagram, Twitter of the same name. It's all there. Just it's all there. And we'll see you guys next week for part two. See you on the flip side.